If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. We have some fun conversations. Adam, Justin, and myself have some riveting conversations. Yes. Uh, Riveting. First, about first, we talk about my new cannabis diet. Mm. That's right. I'm restricting what my cannabis you call intake. That a diet. What? Uh, I mentioned how my brain is on fire because I had the Four Sigmatic Brain Stick. It's a new product from Four Sigmatic. By the in way, Fuego. They are one of our sponsors. If you go to four f o u r Sigmatic s i g m a t i c dot com forward slash mind pump and enter the code mind pump at checkout, you'll get a massive discount. We talk about Justin's breast milk tasting. <laughs> I love that titty milk. Uh, we talk about the miracle and dangers of birth. Adam actually tells a disgustingly horrible story. <laughs> fast forward if you don't oh, in yeah. that. Yeah, you might want to fast Yay. forward that. And then we did a Thrive Market unboxing. At Doug, uh, a few times a week, will order some cool products off of Thrive Market, also one of our sponsors. If you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump, Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get one month free membership, $20 off your first three orders of $49 or more, and free shipping. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, whose opinion matters most to us? Hmm. Who do we give a fuck about? Sal only cares about himself. True. <laughs> he did say Next that. question, uh, when would we ever phase lifting to failure into our workouts? Uh, we don't fail. We Are succeed. you overdoing it? The next question was, this, per- be a failure. this particular individual want- is trying to eat more real whole foods uh, instead of processed foods and is having issues because she's having trouble getting full. She likes that full feeling. What should she do? Um, I think there may be some food relationship issues here. Hmm. Next question was, um, this person wanted us to talk about being in a relationship where one person has found a new healthy lifestyle and the other person... Has not. That's actually a big challenge in relationships and fitness. We've all seen that many, many times. We tell some stories. It's a great segment in this episode. Also, tip pinch their love handles. Also, you are in December, which means next month is January. Oh, yeah. What a great way to start your year by getting enrolled in one of our maps. Why don't you do it right this next year, huh? Programs. Now check this out. If you want to get the whole year set up for you, literally, you can have 2018 set up for you. You know what your workouts look like uh, from week to week, month to month. You know what adaptations you're working on. You can look up exercises. There's demos of me, Adam, and Justin teaching how to do these exercises in ways only experienced professional trainers can do. If you're looking for excellent results for the year of 2018, I will suggest our MAPS Super Bundle. That includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, MAPS Aesthetic, MAPS Anywhere, and MAPS Prime. You're set up. You're totally set up. Not to mention, when you actually get one of those bundles, you also get 50% off the forum. And our forum, after this month, is going to become an annual fee. So it'll be $97 a year for people. So this is the last month you can get into the forum for $97 for life. All you have to do is say, hey, Maps, supersize me. One time for life. Or if you get in one of the bundles or programs, we'll actually give you a quick offer where you get half off $97. I suck at math. I think that's 40-something dollars. Anyway. (laughs) We're going to go with it. Yeah. You... Yeah, there you go, 50-something, whatever. Uh, half off if you get a bundle or mass program. Look, if you have any questions on any of these programs, 
You can either DM us on Instagram or you can just go to our website. Or just go buy it. Where we break it down for you. <laughs> He's you got know? a 30-day money-back guarantee, right? Yeah. Good point. You're fine. Uh, mindpumpmedia.com. Hey, um, my brain's on fire. It's a lot of time. My brain is on fire. fire. Damn. My brain is on fire. I do. I feel uh, I feel quick. Yeah? I feel quick and fast. Like sharp. Yeah. Like I could talk like that. Yeah. Maybe it's the like uh, razors. non-cannabis right now, huh? No, well, so I've reduced. Mm. I did identify that I was probably using too much. Too much cannabis. What do you think? It, you think? Mm. It, I think it's each person, right? Do you think? I don't think it's the same. For well, everybody. I didn't have the. I didn't. I don't necessarily have the medicinal uh, need as much as I yeah. did before. Like I'm not getting as much gut issues. Was it so, like an every night thing? I was using it almost every night, a little bit. I was still tempering it, but um, I've reduced it dramatically. I'm probably maybe once a week at the most now. And oh wow, that much? That's yeah. It? Yeah, and you know what's funny? You're boring now. You, huh? you know what's fu- no, not really. <laughs> I, I switched to cocaine. I don't know. So, you came up with a new no, language. You're talking to me in for the, a minute there. Totally sober too. Yeah. No, the reason why I uh, I did that is number one, I don't have necessarily the medicinal use. My gut is doing really good, so I don't need it for that. Mm. And um, I started getting like anything. Like if you use too much of anything, mm. you get less of the positive. I agree. And more of the negative. So I started to not be as sharp during the day. I didn't feel as up and awake, Motivated. I guess. Um, and my memory wasn't, and you know, cannabis definitely affects your me- memory negatively, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and now when I do use it uh, occasionally, uh, much more occasionally than before, it, I feel so much better. You know what I'm saying? I get feels, it's like more fun. Yeah. And I'm more, I'm less prone for, to paranoia and all that kind of stuff that you can get from using cannabis. So, but I also did something else. I took uh, a new product from Four Sigmatic. Did that come in? Did our stuff Four come Sigmatic. in from there? Yes. Oh, nice. The brain stick. Of course, you took it. I took the brain oh, stick. Oh man, I was gonna snag that. It's got lion's mane. It's got cordyceps. It's got citicoline. And rhodiola. So this is nighttime stuff. No, no, this is uh, stimulate. No, rhodiola is not nighttime. Oh, it's the opposite. Yeah, well, that's fucking my shit up. No yeah. wonder. Are you taking rhodiola at night? <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. No, rhodiola is uh, stimulating. Now, normally with rhodiola, I got to be careful because I do too much of it. It makes me feel weird. It's almost. It's not too stimulating. I don't know. It's weird with me. But anyway, the brain stick. I feel good. It's my first time using it. I feel. I definitely feel a little bit elevated. Is it a tea mm. or a powder? What is it? It's a powder. I just put it in my water and shook it up. So mm. that on top of now getting out of the cannabis. I've been doing that usage. for I've been doing the I've reduced the cannabis now for a month. So I've already noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, but now the, this is another added yeah, and sharpness. Lion's mane I've used before. You know what's funny? So lion's mane is a mushroom, obviously, um, that uh, and it's a strange looking mushroom. It looks like a mane. That's what they call it, lion's mane. They've actually shown in some studies uh, that it is one of the few compounds to increase BDNF in the brain. Brain-derived neurotropic factor. So this is something that... So it's considered a nootropic? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know if it would be considered a classic nootropic in the sense that... I don't know if you could take uh, lion's mane or if they have studies that show that you could take it and then... You know, over the course of a few days or whatever, notice improved cognitive function. But I do know that BDNF 
is uh, it promotes uh, brain plasticity. What, what do the studies look like that that improve that? I mean, what is that? What they're are just they, testing BDNF. What are they, I know, but what do they know? What when you say like okay. This person took this test, or they did this study, and it improved cognitive function. Like, what does that look like? Oh, like, how are they testing cognitive? Yeah, function? yeah. It's classic tests of memory, uh, mm. verbal fluency. Um, there's this test called, and they just take almost like, like those educational video games that they make you do. Um, I don't know if they're doing those in particular, but there's classic tests that they. It'd be use. more like this. Like they would give like a group of a hundred people. They would give them a sentence or a short story, and then how much of that do you recall? And something like person, that, right? Or yeah. they'll do something called uh, priming where they'll um, they'll tell you, okay, uh, give us all the words that you can think of that associate with blue, and then you name a bunch of them. And oh, yeah. um, that's kind of like a measure of creativity. They score you based off yeah, of that. Yeah, so that kind of stuff. And there's a few things that have got some potential neurotropic properties, although it's kind of a vague category. Like people will say modafinil is a nootropic, but it's not really. It's more of a wakefulness agent. Same thing with like Ritalin or Adderall or, or whatever. Caffeine. Caffeine, you know. But again, if you're tired and you drink caffeine, you're gonna think better. That's mm-hmm. a straight up. I know I'm I feel smarter when I drink caffeine if I'm tired. Definitely. So but other than that, uh question, Justin. Yes. Um, you have two kids. I do, sir. Yes. So I was reading this funny meme thing and it reminded me to ask you something. Okay. You ever try breast milk? <laughs> That's an interesting question. My wife, <laughs> like I would, I would say no, but don't be yeah, a liar, I actually bro. have. <laughs> did you really? Totally. I uh, never did. Did it you was... go straight from the teat or did no, you? No, 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 no. I oh. actually, I got it from the bag, and it was like frozen. But uh, so we you were had frozen it up? Oh, you did. Well, I got kind of dared by my wife to try it, and I was like, ew, you know, like that. <laughs> that had no like. I, I was like, what? What does this mean? You know, <laughs> I'm drinking this. This is so weird. But um, it's, it's a great. She's like, no, it's like kind of sweet and it's different, you know. So I, I don't know. I guess it was. One How of much those of it things. did you drink? I only did like a sip, dude. Yeah. What did it taste like? Yeah, it was like kind of sweet. It was weird. Sweet like what? Like um, yeah, give us like. I don't really know a comparison. Kind yeah, of terrible at this game, dude. I don't know. I'm barely. Yeah, I is it thin? Terrible describing. Is things. it thin or, or is it thick? It was like uh, somewhere in between. She didn't have really thick um, uh, breast milk, so. I know some of the colostrum and all that. Sometimes, like like some women can produce that's, know, that's some really thick. That's when the baby's first. Is that when the first, no? That's a cow. It tastes like watered down semen. Whoa! I mean, Whoa. you would know better than me. But, <laughs> Whoa! Uh, <laughs> Adam took it to the uh, next level. Yeah, definitely not. I'm just trying definitely to get, not on that. <laughs> definitely not on that spectrum. Just trying to help out on the other. Just trying to help with the comparison. You know, what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Like it's. <laughs> Like stevia? No, it's like not, it's like just a little bit of a sweetness to it. I mean, does it taste like regular milk at all? I mean, is there, no. does it have any? It's hint? a different animal. It it I don't think it would. Right? <laughs> it's like, a, totally, it does not taste. Like how milk. weird would that be? I thought it was going to be like, ah, oh, it's like cow's milk, you know. But it's, it, yeah, no, it's like just like a little bit of a sweet kind of a um, cream flavor. I don't know what to, to call that. <laughs> I never tried it. Yeah, it was, I haven't either. It was, I never tried it. It was. I mean, we did when we were kids, right? Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I did try. I just yeah, don't remember what it was yeah. like. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I got dared to do it, and I did, you know, so. Was that like your first kid, or when did you do that? Was it long? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Ethan. It was my first, so. Yeah, I was like. I feel like if I'm going to do it, I'm going straight to the teeth, though. I'm going to go straight you to right off the. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's here. like all these things. It's like I vowed to never, like, I'm not cutting the cord. Ew. You know, like, I don't want to do that, but, like, I did it. You know, because it's my own kid. Did you cut the cord while it was still attached to your wife, or did they? Because when I cut the cord, yeah. 
See, when I cut the cord, you know what these fuckers do? They did? already cut it ahead of time? They cut it and they leave a length for me to cut. I'm like, no. it's gonna fucking count. No. Yeah, it's rubbery. That's just weird. Yeah. It's, it's rubbery. Bro, it's weird. I was like scared to do it. When you cut it, it's not like a snip. It's like yeah. you gotta you gotta kinda work and it. And I then- also vowed not to watch, you know, the entrance, you know, or like the exit, I oh, should say. Oh, you did. And I just got like, well, I think somebody was. You broke all the rules. Yeah, but like I was, I was on the outside trying to, help, you know, motivational stuff. Like I was in the way. What does it look like? I mean, it was like, oh, it's coming. It looked like just a big, like hairy <laughs> head coming out. Well, that's what you see. So you see like the uh, this bunch of fluid just. Yeah. Bleh, bleh. <laughs> It was not pretty. It didn't. It didn't ruin like your sex drive for a while. No, man, because it it was like a one one time thing, and I just kind of, you know, I, I banked that that image away from no, my sexual experiences. Your, it's not going to ruin your sex drive. No. Well, so, no, some people say that, man. Well, they're weak. minded so, Some people say after they after they see that that they have a hard time with that. You, you know mm. what? You know what? You might have a hard time with. I think sometimes. Women may have well. I guess I could see both sides, but I, th- I know right. I've like talked the to association. I mean, I've, I've had, had female uh, friends who are like, you know, my breasts used to be sexual for me, so oh, like my yeah. husband would touch on my boobs. Now they're oh. just feedback, and now like they're not. Don't yeah. like my boobs are not sexual at all because yeah. now they look at them like, you know, like like I, like Justin said, yeah, feedbacks. No, what you see is you see like when you see them push. All of a sudden, you see like this the head, yeah. and it's just hair. The, the crowning. And then you can yeah, see them like push, this. and it like goes, it comes out a little bit, yeah. and then they stop pushing, and it kind of goes back in a little bit. And then it comes out yeah. a little bit, and so you're like, like oh, yeah, shit, it it's right pull, there. pulsates a little bit, yeah. Pull it out. It's, uh, Does yeah. it get stuck at the shoulders? Does it go, like the head come through? Oh, yeah, you, you have to like go, yeah, into the, to the different phase. Yeah, the shoulder's a tough one to move And through. does the doctor's hands fit in there while the fucking baby's no. coming? You've through. never seen a birth? No, bro. Really? What, no, no, I did not put that on bro, my you got to just go on the internet. No, mm. I know I could watch. I don't want to. I'd rather hear you guys tell it, me about it. Watch. I don't want to watch it. You've never watched one? You didn't do that in sex sure, class? Messy. They didn't show you birth? I don't, know, I don't think so. Mm. Really? They probably did, and you just, ugh. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, that was, what, fifth grade? Or Bro, whatever? it's a, uh, here's what I thought. So It's life-changing. So I don't find any of that. It's hard. It's very difficult to gross me out with that kind of stuff. I don't get gross. I can see it. I can watch it, no problem. But what I was thinking the whole time as I'm watching it is, this is a dangerous thing. Oh, my God. Very. Like, it's not. Yeah. I know it's a natural thing, and we've Lots been doing of maneuvering. It. And, we've been doing it for thousands, obviously, yeah. for since we've been around, right? Dude, the cord like wrapping around the neck, but bro. And, dude, so many variables. Forget the baby. Yeah, yeah, it's dangerous for the baby. Sure, that shit's dangerous for the well, for, for the, the mom, mother, big time. Because it ain't. It isn't like part of our evolution to being these upright, you know, primates where we walk upright was the narrowing of the pelvis. Even though women still have a wider pelvis than men do, it's still narrowed and uh, we're, we have such big brains. Yeah, we're in fact, bigger now. In fact, humans are one of the only animals that, or one of the few mammals that gives birth to a fetus. Because it's not, like a human, like most animals that give birth, and within a, an hour, the animal's up and walking and can survive and can move and stuff. Right. A, f- a fucking baby is worthless. Like you give up, if a baby's born, you leave it on the floor, it's yeah, dead. Uh, right, it wouldn't survive. It, it wouldn't can't survive. do anything. Yeah. So it's like, and the reason that happens- That is, a, that is an interesting point when you think about that, when yeah. you think of all other animals- and the reason why they think that that happened yeah, is like, See is because if we waited any long, the baby wouldn't be able to get out because we're so we have such massive heads; it wouldn't fit through this narrow pelvis. So it's become this dangerous process. So when I'm, I was watching at the time, when I was but watching, it's, it's even dangerous in animals too, though. I mean, that's it's very common. Like when we, I mean, we used to I used to have to give. Uh, you know, help the birthing process for calves. And that's the number one fear you have is you have a heifer who's worth 
two, three thousand dollars, maybe more. Yeah. And they're having a baby, and it's like that. We're not concerned. We're less concerned about the baby. We're more concerned about the cow sure. that produces. Did you actually get in there and like pull the legs uh, out and all that stuff? Dude, or I have what? some crazy stories. I had, well, if you've seen that, well, yeah, if you've seen handle, that, you're gonna yeah. be the dude. You're fine, bro. That's with, a cow. Well, yeah, but it's different with my girl. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, I'm climbing in a cow's fucking deal. I'm not climbing in my girls, and I'm not having to see that. So, so that's the part that's different to me. Oh yeah, this is way, way grosser. I had to do this one time. Here's a, here's a fucking. Those that don't like gross stories better t- tune out for a minute. <laughs> we had to do this one, and uh, the calf was coming out the wrong direction. Everything was all tangled up, and it was getting to the point where we could tell that we were going to lose the heifer. And so, at that point, it was either it sacrificed the baby or sacrificed the heifer. And you don't sacrifice the heifer; it's it's worth more money than this potential sure. baby that you don't know if it's going to be male, female when it comes out, whatever. And so, uh, I actually had to to kill the baby inside of the cow and then birth it out and had to so it could get out. I had to cut its head off Whoa. inside. You did it. That's yeah. gnarly. Wait a minute. You had to do that shit. Yeah. Wow. You're cold blooded. Oh, How'd dude. you do that shit? That was. I mean, it was. Part, it's I, the farm life right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's is that that's a the normal nature? thing, dude? Yeah. No, it's not a regular. It's not well, like we didn't. I mean, complications, crazy, like having to help yeah. the cat. That's all normal. That's but why I didn't want to be a veterinarian. That, I only had to do that one time. Like that was like, the, and of course it like fucking scarred me forever. Did it really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I dude. Bet. It was rough. Did you, you know? go home and just did you cry? No, I didn't cry. I didn't cry just over it. But yeah, it was just gross. You know, it was, it was really gross. It was really sad. But you know, you're on a, if you live on a, if you work on a ranch, I mean, you see a lot of crazy shit, man. You see a lot of different stuff with with animals, with dairy and or stuff like that. So that was it was more like that than it was like. A, but I mean, for for humans, that is besides war, famine, and disease. That was the number one killer. Big time. Yeah. In fact, that's why women outlive men. People don't realize it. People are like, why do women live longer than men? Because they don't die from childbirth anymore. That's why they're so hardy. Because they yeah. can, they last because- The genes are all yeah, resilient. Fuck yeah. yeah. They had to give birth. Imagine doing that shit, because you've seen it. I've seen it. Totally. Imagine that shit happening. Imagine you're with your wife and you're in like a cave- you know what I'm saying? Oh my god! And what do you like? What do you do? Imagine a woman back in those days too, just getting pregnant and knowing that she's got like a 50-50 shot of living. Like, imagine yeah. how fucking and scary. having to do all the laborious tasks. Dude, like, like having a baby now is like house. this beautiful process, right? It's like yeah. a beautiful process. Yeah, you're like, well, I can't even. I barely have food for myself, and now what am I gonna do? And I can't move now. Right. I can't go hunt. Imagine back then going like, oh, this is a 50-50 shot. I'm surviving this one. Me why or, do you me think, or him? Why <laughs> do you think? Holy why shit. do you think women are naturally more selective of their mates? This is a natural biological truth. Yeah. Women are more selective of their mates because you get pregnant, you don't want to be with some douchebag that's going to bounce. You want someone to just stick <laughs> yeah. around yeah. and help feed, you know, help provide food and take care of you because that's a dangerous process. That's why they're way more selective. See, and the reason why guys are way less selective because, you know what I'm saying, you you get someone pregnant you don't like, you're just like, all right, see you later. Yeah, I'll try somebody else. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. Crazy, right? That is crazy. Crazy. Crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. We got some more goodies here. Oh, oh, Thrive Market unboxing. Favorite time of the week. Oh, yeah. Dude, we're getting all kinds of fun gifts and oh, presents. Thrive Market box. Yeah. Get a little different box this week. Why? There's no food in it. What? <gasps> oh, things. No food at all. Should you get me a toy? Oh, what kind of things there we got here? My yeah, paper. Excitement. We got some paper coming out. 
All right. Some of you guys like to get sick around oh, here. Oh, you got the... the oh, so I got you some cold remedies. Cold, oh, cold remedies here. They sell the Edelberry ones that you like, Sal. Oh, and the the, and the, I'm actually... Edel, what kind of berry? Edelberry? Preemptively going to take <laughs> it. Edelberry? What is it? What is it? Elderberry. No, not Elderberry. Oh, it's Elderberry. What the elderberry. fuck? Get the fuck out of here. So we have... Lozenges. Have, you have, seen, have you ever seen an Elderberry before? Yeah, they grow everywhere. They look really? like this. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. So... It looks like a blueberry. For people yeah, that kinda. don't know, elderberry is one of the few natural uh, substances that have been shown to reduce the severity and length of influenza virus and uh, the rhinovirus, the cold. So elderberry, if you start to get sick... And that's echinacea you have in front yeah. of you too? No, this is elderberry. It's all elderberry. So oh, it's all elderberry. Those yes. lozenges are great. So this is elderberry syrup from GI Herbs, um, which I've used before. And then that one is Sambucus zinc lozenges so it actually has zinc in it mm -hmm. as well now when you suck on a zinc lozenge whatever the the zinc you know molecule looks like when it comes goes to the back of your throat it prevents the rhinovirus from it's adhering like a blockade right this is yeah. the brand that you used to have me get too that's the one i've always used yeah, yeah this, I, I didn't know thrive cells oh, this is awesome great. yep next one good call doug good all right times. we got some toms for men Deodorant. Ooh, give that to Sal. That's the one I use. Yes, yeah, yeah, that is that is the one I use. There you go. Hold on, Sal. what's the scent here? Mountain mm. Spring. Yeah. Okay. Before you Very put it on, manly. I should Very have manly. that for you know my mm, that smells good. Okay, yeah. this is a Thai crystal deodorant stone. Oh, cool. What? what? You guys have never heard of crystal deodorants? It's not even a. It's not even like a. It doesn't smell or anything. It just. Uh, you know what it is though. Gives you like energy powers. God, no, it's not crystals like that. I knew you. That's why I said that. Energy, yeah, so you, hippie, yeah, hippie. The, the crystal, hippie smell this crystal like, changes the energy of your. It changes the energy of your armpits. Then you do like, a, oh. no. So what the crystal is is it's made up of mineral salts, and the mineral Ooh, salts, mineral salts prevent odor causing bacteria from replicating. So when you rub this under your arms, you're creating an environment that is unfavorable to the bacteria that makes you smell. That's how crystal deodorants work. Now, can you do both? Yeah. Uh, well, Don't I mean, double yes, yeah. Or does it not make sense to do both? Because yeah. does this not have a scent? Or I like the crystal one. I'm gonna try this tall. It smells good. It's unscented, right, Doug? Yeah. Yes. I got a couple tubes of Dr. Bronner's fluoride-free toothpaste. One in peppermint and one in cinnamon. Ooh, yeah, I like those. peppermint for me. I need one. Thank you for my kids. Actually, there you go. Okay, Thanks. I got one specifically for Sal. Oh, oh yeah. great. It's called Sal Suds. What the hell? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Ollie See, I, got, it. Ollie I got, bought it because of the name. Yeah, I got Justin <laughs> Peanut Butter and he's got Sal cleaner. Suds. That's great. It's actually got my name on it? Now we got to find something with Adam. That's all. Adam's apple. There you go. All right, there we go, Sal Suds. Dude, you got to give up one of your, your, your gifts there. I'm gonna, yeah, we've got to share these. Yeah, I'm going to trade you. Here you go. I don't want the what crystal. trade? No, I don't want that. I already have the- You don't want that? I already have All the- right, pass me the- I want oh, your toothpaste. Do you oh, want the deodorant? Oh, I'll take the deodorant if All right, nobody does. All right, let's go. No, I don't like the deodorant. I'm on. That's All right. it. I'm in. Bring on the bird. Right on. Fried market is the word. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from M. Jerome 68. Oh, you picked one of her 30 questions she put up there. <laughs> <laughs> she had quite a few good ones, though. You know? Whose opinions off. matter most to you? 
To each of us individually? Yes. Well, like uh, to you, like, yeah. Who whose opinion are you like most concerned who with? Who you actually going to listen to? You know, I I think for the most part, there's there's definitely not a lot of people. Like I, I give a shit what most people think, but I do care about mm-hmm. a, a handful of people, and for sure. I care about the opinions of the men, the men in this room, for sure. I mean, uh, I think that I think you're a dick. <laughs> wow, wow, that's see, that's gonna bother me. Like tonight, I'm gonna have a hard time planting tonight. a seed there, yeah, Sal. Brain, you gotta be careful with your words, Sal. Brain ninjaed me. Um, so for sure, their uh, their opinion of of me, of how uh, how I how I do things in business, all that stuff matters to me for sure. Uh, for them. Uh, the other person, or the other two people, I think that I, I care the most about uh, their opinion is my sister. The reason why my sister, I would say that is because uh, I think she knows me better than anybody else, and so I think it's important. It's kind of like a check in for me to stay true to who I am. So I, I always like to hear her feedback on on whatever she thinks I'm currently doing or saying or a part of. So her opinion matters a ton to me. Uh, so Cassie for sure, and then Katrina. Uh, she, if there's anybody that calls me on my bullshit, uh, the most and is the hardest on me, it's her. And, and I respect her opinion because it's not like she's just, uh, telling me there's things that she doesn't like or like that. She's also the first to compliment something that I've done or something. Constructive criticism. Yeah. And and then, and then when she does point something out, it's, she's normally right on, you know, and I kind of know it already. And then it just confirms it when she says something to me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd say, I'd say the men in this room, uh, I care about, I care about my, my sister's opinion of me and I care about Katrina's pretty much everybody else can fuck off. You know, I don't, I don't, I I don't like to let too much cause everybody has a fucking opinion, you know, it's something I found real quick with this, uh, um, uh, business and I, and I caught myself getting irritated, uh, reading some of the YouTube comments the other day. And, you know, it was... YouTube is the home of the trolls. Oh, yeah, for sure. There is no... I have never seen a social platform. They get great joy at just, you know, being shitty. Well, and, and one, of, horrible. The, one of the things that I, I was actually really excited that we we just did a video, uh, the first YouTube video where I felt like we had some, like, debate a little bit. And I think that's so healthy, and I've gotten so much great feedback from people when we challenge each other, because yeah. who the fuck wants a, you know just a sound chamber or echo chamber, right? Where you're just same guy giving the same information, always saying it. So it all must be true. It's like, no, that's one of the beauties of mind pump is that each of us are so unique. Each one of us was very successful at doing what we do. And yet we're very different. So I think that it's very healthy for us. And yet I was letting other people, you know, bother me, which is, that's my own ego, my own issues. So, Mm. you know, that's something that I I try not to give two shits about other people's Mm. opinions. I think we're all going to have very similar answers. Because I know for me, for sure, I mean, this is why this works so well is because I totally respect you guys and your opinions about anything, uh, you know, not just business, but just like anything in general, uh, because it's like it's more. And this is what I've always been kind of going through with sports and things and that it kind of changes over the years based off of like who's in your inner circle, like uh, like sports have provided that for me because you get kind of on a more intimate level with other men that like you respect and uh you know that like it it stays there within the group you know and so i think that we've kind of created that within this culture here in this environment and uh you know that's definitely important to me in bouncing off ideas and you know everybody always has something that's valuable to contribute and say and so this is sort of like an incubator for that and on top of that like you know my my family of course but uh, these days it's like I don't know. I've, I've, I've gone through so much of like 
looking up like to my father and my and my mom and like what the, you know their opinions about me what I'm doing with my life and this and that and then you just realize you know I got to be my own person and uh so I think I've I've sort of leaned off of that quite a bit mm. um and it's more of just like I I definitely want to you know make them happy and like hope that they're happy and all that stuff but at the same time I'm doing my thing mm-hmm. and um you know really so it, it it evolves around for me is this group in here and then it's my wife because like you know just much like Katrina for you it's for me it's it's that that feedback that that other side that like that 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 opposing force of that not necessarily opposing because she's very much uh um you know like she wants me to succeed in this business and what we're doing and she's very complimentary to what we're doing but checks me you know like i need that healthy check and like you know what uh what i'm doing family wise and that's you know another part of my life i I care deeply about so um between that and then one other person was just my my old client denise who um she's just always been that constant person who i've i've wrapped ideas with back and forth done massive things business-wise i've never even seen anybody else do and uh you know has just this this attitude about life and, and business and uh, she's just a genuinely good person. That's somebody I look up to. So that's, that's somebody that's high on my list. I, you know, this was a, this was a huge uh, period of growth for me was this question right here years ago. I spent a large part of my life um, thinking about the opinions of others for too long, mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, wanting to be what my parents thought I was supposed to be, wanting to be what, uh, or, you know, have the opinion of my friends thinking that I was, you know, what I thought they wanted me, you know, to be. Um, that's what, that's part of my insecurities. My body was part of that. It was the opinions of others like, oh, I need to be bigger and stronger, or I need to get married young to this person whose family, you know, we know, and, you know, I got to be this, this, you know, this man that is in this, this, this conventional, you know, family who buys a house, who does these type of things. That's all based off of other people's opinions. Um, you know, how hard I worked sometimes was based on other people's opinions. And uh, it took me a while to realize that the most opinion, the most important opinion that mattered, that really mattered, that should matter was my own, mm-hmm. my own opinion. Uh, it doesn't really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Now, that doesn't mean I don't, find other people important. And that doesn't mean I don't, uh, trust and value other people's opinions. And what I mean by that is, you know, my girlfriend, for example, Jessica, her opinion, I value tremendously because I trust her. She has a wise opinion. She can be very objective about things that I'm not necessarily objective about, especially in dealing with myself. And so I use her opinion or I value her opinion to reevaluate myself. I also value my children's opinion. These are my, obviously, the, the, the two most important things in my life uh, are my two kids. And their opinion of me matters because I want them to, um, I know at some point they'll identify with me and or identify with being my kids. And if they have a positive opinion about me, then they'll have a, pot of, a positive opinion of themselves until they get to the point that they realize what I realize, which is it's their opinion of themselves that matter. Um, but at the end of the day, none of it really matters. It's what you think of you. That's the most important thing. You are your best guide and your best compass. 
because I think a lot of us, a lot of people, we do things for other people. We do what we think we're supposed to do. We go to school and learn the things we think we're supposed to learn. We get the jobs that we think we're supposed to get because we don't want to let other people down. We don't live the lives that we want to live because of our fear of what other people will think of us. Um, that is, uh, it's a tough position to be in. It's a position a lot of us are in, stuck in. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of break out of that, it's uh, extremely liberating. It's extremely liberating. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I, I respect and value many people's opinions, especially your guys's, especially in regards to our business and in regards to what we talk about on the podcast. But at the end of the day, um, I matter most of what I think of myself. It sounds selfish, um, but it's not. It's really, um, it's a it's a guiding light and it's what keeps you true and honest. It's hard for a lot of people to get to that point. Right. Yeah. It's very, very tough for we, because we're getting this feedback from everybody else so much, it's tough to be, I mean, I think still to this day and that's self-belief and, and, and worrying about yourself. And like, I think that, you know, too often we let everybody else dictate you know, uh, what we do or how we think of, of ourselves versus really, right. truly learning to be a hundred percent you, you know, like, are, are you being all the way you? And I think a lot of people are not, man. I think a lot of people that struggle with that. I think even myself, I think that, you know, those are the, those moments where I catch that, like, am I really being true to myself? Or am I trying to give something for somebody else to make somebody else happy? Like mm. those, I'm constantly having to have that, that check-in with myself. This is why someone like my sister, who I feel like, her, her, I value her opinion so much because nobody knows me better than that. Sure. And so I liked it. And like you said, Sal, because your, your opinion matters the most, but sometimes it's hard to be objective about yourself, you know, because you are looking at yourself and you are trying to please, please others. So having somebody else who knows you as well or potentially better than you know yourself is, is such a powerful tool, which is also Katrina too. I mean, I feel like she's a female version of, of me. So, you know, I really believe that we're the checks and balance for each other. Next up is Moyer814. When would you ever phase lifting to failure? So failure lifting, first let's define what that is. Yeah, and that's a tough one to answer, right? I feel like that's a testing protocol. Yeah, and firstly, I think we need to define it. So lifting to failure is when you're lifting a weight and you can no longer physically lift that weight with good form anymore. So, And I want to be clear because I think some people think failure means you can't move the bar at all anymore regardless of your form that's beyond failure so failure is i'm doing a squat or i'm doing a bench press and i cannot perform a good rep without assistance anymore Mm -hmm. i have now hit failure failure we've talked about on the show many times for the most part it's too much intensity it's very it's grossly overused it's yeah it's people do it too often and i think one of the reasons why people use it so often is twofold one is the beast mode mentality, the I need to beat myself up in order to progress in the gym. And then the second one is it's an easy metric. You know, like, what do you mean high intensity? Oh, okay, just lift until I can't lift anymore. That's easy. So now I can always go to failure because I know where it is. I know what that metric is. Yeah. For the most part, for most people, most of the time, it is too much intensity. You will, you're, you'll be on a fast track to uh, frying your central nervous system, which also requires recovery and adaptation just like your muscles do. Failure does cause damage to muscles, but so does training intensely and stopping before failure. But failing or actually trying to lift the weight and not being able to lift it sends a completely it sends a bit of a different signal to the CNS mm. and it can be very taxing. It's the reason why look, you don't see very many strength athletes train to failure very often. No. Powerlifters and weightlifters 
don't train to failure very often. Not until they're meat, man. Yeah. That's when they say they save their PR. They're That's right. Not, they're not. Yeah, they're not chasing yeah. PRs during their training protocol. Their training protocol is, I think, eighty percent is what they live in. Yeah, they, I, I tell you what, I, um, I, I can, I can name you know, at least ten people that I've worked with who are experienced lifters who I told stop lifting to failure, stop about a one or two reps short of it. Every single one of them. I've never, I've never had somebody come back to me and say, yeah. oh, since I stopped going totally to failure. Wow, it made a huge impact. Everybody's like, oh my God, I built more muscle and stronger. <laughs> this is most common with my peers, I feel like. This yeah. this was also, I had a really hard time, like these guys that were all competing, we, there's a ton of us that are at the same gym, right? And a lot of the guys will all work out with each other and, and rotate. I just couldn't work out with anybody because that's how they train every exercise, every set that way. And I was just like, uh, I don't train that way, dude. That doesn't make sense to me to to take it to failure every exercise, every set. You're, you guys are silly. And I, yeah, I think so when I first start getting back in a rhythm of training and being consistent, I don't even fuck with it for at least a month because I don't need to because I know that if I haven't really been training consistently, just me sending any sort of movement or exercise resistance training signal, my body's going to adapt and start changing. So I'm keeping that that type of training as a tool in my in my belt, right? Like later on, like, okay, I'll use this to maybe break through a plateau or mm-hmm. maybe I'm at, I've had a month or two and I've got a nice good rhythm and I've had a great week of training and eating and boom, now I'm going to throw it into a day, a routine where I'm going to take some exercises to failure. And even then... I'm not taking every exercise to failure. Maybe the last one I do for that muscle, right? So maybe I'm doing, I just did chest, right? And I and I, I get on my, you know, my fourth or fifth set. This is the last set I'm doing. And maybe it's that last set that I actually take all the way to failure and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's all you're going to need to do. There's no reason for you to yeah. be going to failure on sets one, two, three, and four leading up to that. Does it make I sense? I literally, well, the only time I've ever even, well, I mean, I used to be guilty of that, that style training of like trying to smash and kill every workout. And like, if I can't do it, then, then I stop. It makes sense as an athlete. Right. So let's, so, let's make that clear here. Yeah. It makes a little more sense if you're, you're an well, athlete. Well, the mental on, component. On some level. So. Right. Like, uh, like you had mentioned, living sort of in the 80% is a much healthier approach to that. Um but what we did do that I feel like if I was to program it in and program, you know, failure into the actual protocol, it would be more of the off-season training leading into now we we switch into like more of an endurance or, or we're, we're leading into I want to know what work you put in in that that period, that three month period. I want to know what the work um, led to. So I want to see those metrics. I want to see bench squat, you know, deadlift overhead press. I want to see what that looks like. Uh, your, your ability. So your ability to generate that kind of force. Does that mean always it's a failure? Uh, not necessarily. It, may, it might just mean it's really, uh, it's an accomplishment of more weight you were able to like physically do. But yeah, sometimes it may lead to failure because it's you're you're testing your your abilities to new levels. And when you know when you go to failure too, you limit your ability to train more frequently. So, right. you know, somebody just posted on the forum. Part of why I like this question was because someone posted on the forum yeah, that recent a, study. Yeah, it was that showed that nine frequ- participants, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a really small study, but they compared. Was it PubMed? Um, it was. PubMed. It was published. It was uh, nine? in PubMed. It's so yeah, it was That's small. Weak. But the study was, you know, people training their body twice a week versus four days a week, and the twice a week people gain more muscle. We don't know the intensity. We don't know if they went to failure. We don't know a lot. If you're training to failure, you're definitely not going to be able to train your body super frequently. Um, you're, 
in my experience, um, you're better off training a little bit more frequently and not training quite so intensely. But don't confuse that with not training hard. Yes. You know, stopping one rep yeah. or two reps short of failure is still hard. You're right. just not, it's not one or the other. It's like, yeah, you have to you have to train intensively. You know, like especially if you're in the gym and you want to mm-hmm. promote new standards, like of course you're gonna have to, you know like press put yourself on the fire a little bit but you know like be smart about it yeah and there there may be some mental benefit to training to failure every once in a while to knowing where that limit is knowing how hard because sometimes for me at least if i haven't trained a failure for a long time three months four months five months then i forget that limit and so when i'm stopping two reps short of failure and maybe four reps short of failure and it changes too it does so i'll throw it in every once in a while just to see how far i can go and then it gives me a metric to where what the end feels like and i know when to stop mm-hmm. just before that because that's another you know tricky thing right when you tell someone stop two reps short of failure they're like well when is that yeah what's that look like you got to kind of learn learn you that with your body your way through it but for the most part look they've done studies on this and Studies will show that lifting to failure on every single set is detrimental. It just doesn't work well for most people, especially if you're natural. And here's the thing, you know, Adam talked about his peers and how they lift to failure all the time. And of course, his peers are these physique competitors. They Their bodies progressed in spite of their training. Right. You know, they're on a lot of gear. They've got great genetics. They've been training for a long time. And their body progressed in spite of the fact that they're doing things that are not as ideal or not as effective. But I'll tell you, look, it's an easy test for you. This is super simple. You're not going to lose gains, I promise you. Worst case scenario, you go back to what you were doing before. Stop lifting to failure. Just cut your reps one or two reps short of failure. Just start doing that. Don't change anything else on your workouts. And if within a week or two you don't notice you're stronger and you're, you're building more muscle, go back to lifting to failure. But I'll tell you this much, 9 out of 10 of you listening right now, do that, do what I'm telling you, try it out for a week. Right. Nine out of ten, of you will come back and be like, and be "Oh my a, god, my be body's objective responding. about it too." It. You got to think when you cut back on that, you're going to be doing less weight. So understand if you're not going to failure, you, the, the metric isn't like, "Oh, I'm right. not lifting." You're not necessarily going to lift more weight right away. Just no. pay attention to how you feel, your aesthetics, things like that. You know. Next question is from Sarah. Gets fit, recovered. She's trying to eat more real whole food rather than fat-free processed ones. However, she is used to eating large quantities volume-wise. She's now having trouble feeling full on normal portions. How can she feel full without continuing to vastly overconsume vegetables and low-calorie fake food? This is so a good. This is a good sign. This is actually. So this is a when I when I work with clients, what she's saying right now is a sign of metabolism kicking up. Well, besides that, uh, some of the verbiage she's using is a sign of a poor relationship to food. So let me explain. Mm. The feeling of full, okay? When people say, well, I don't feel full, what they've associated with satisfaction is the feeling that they can't eat anymore, yeah. that their belly is- Stuffed to the brim. Yeah, and it's like, you ever hear that? Like you finish eating at a, a family member's house or someone's house and like, uh, did you eat enough? Do you think you could fit some more? Yeah. You want some more food? As if the metric is all of a sudden uncomfortable. Groan, like, ugh, you okay, know, I'm done. In, uh, I believe, I want to say Japanese culture- I think there's a saying where they say, stop when you're at 80%. And that is like one of the best pieces of advice I've ever heard to prevent overeating. Now, in my culture, in Italian culture, especially when family gets together, you stop when you can't breathe. And I associated that feeling with eating enough. 
where if I didn't get that feeling of like I can't eat anymore, well then I must I, I that's that's me being like satisfied. It's not. I don't, I never get to that point anymore. Now I eat and I'm yeah. satisfied, but I don't feel like my stomach's gonna explode or like I'm full. So first off, that feeling of fullness in your belly, you're probably eating too much volume anyway. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is be satisfied. In other words, you eat. This is and where feel good. this is where that Tupperware life that we kind of knock on a lot. I I see uh, has value for someone like this because they have this. Everyone has this feeling, like you said, that feel like they need to stuff themselves till they get this. Like, oh, I feel so stuffed. Where when you train yourself to like weigh, measure, portion out all your meals. When you're done, you're done. You eat out of the, you eat out of the Tupperware. You're done. You're like, finished. No, that's like that's what it is. There's you there's know no the more calories. You know everything. Yeah, right. That's it. This is where you're supposed to be. This is what your body needs. You eat it and you're done. And then you start to connect and get. And I teach clients this is that I would have them weigh, measure is pay attention how you feel. Like this is how you're supposed. You're not supposed to feel starving after you get done eating, and you're not supposed to feel stuffed after you're eating. No, you eat. You eat. You should feel fueled, and you should feel good. You should be feel like you could go take a run or do exercise. Exactly. And, you should actually yeah. feel. Okay. Not and, like you have to lay down. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you, if you feel stuffed after you eat or you feel like bloated or, oh my God, I need to, you know, that's not a good sign. You should feel like after you eat, like I'm satisfied and I can get up and walk around and do regular activity. Not like you just stuff the hell out of yourself. So yeah. that being said, uh, when it comes to eating, um, you know, n- whole natural foods, especially when you switch from eating highly palatable processed foods, you're probably not going to eat as much because yeah. whole natural foods don't hijack your systems of satiety. You get palate fatigue. Yeah. Palate fatigue is when you eat something and you get sick of it. Like You're like, oh, I can't eat anymore. I'm sick of it. But then if you switch to a different food, all of a sudden you can eat more. So mm. a good example of this is like- The potato from Chris Cresser. He talked, just reminds me of that. He yeah. talked about it. But like if you're eating dinner and you're like, oh, I don't want to eat anymore. I think I'm done. And then they bring out dessert, which is sweet. And all of a sudden you're like, I think I can eat more. That is because you've hijacked what's uh, a natural system of checks and balances called palate fatigue, where if you eat a lot of the same thing, your brain will naturally make you not want that food anymore, and it's to protect you from overeating. Because believe it or not, although scarcity was a real thing for humans for most of you know civilization, so overeating would still be a problem if we if we encountered a meal, and uh, we could still overeat, and overeating would still make us sick, which is not a good thing. So the brain naturally has this thing where you don't want that food anymore. And whole natural foods will hit that signal much faster than than processed foods because processed foods are engineered, literally engineered. It There's a lot that. of money that goes into making these foods hijack that where, you know, if I open a bag of chips, it's the perfect crunch and, and smell and taste and feel and saltiness and all these different things to where they've engineered Angel dust it. residue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they've, they've engineered it so I eat a whole bag. Like I ate a massive bag of potato chips. I guarantee you this much right now. If I sliced up a cooked potato. Well, I've never even heard of any, she says over-consumed, but I've never had a client over-consume vegetables. Now I have had a client, okay, I've had a client who have lived off of carrots and salad, salad all day long. I've done that. That's yeah. not over-consuming vegetables. That's under-consuming other nutrients that you need. Sure. So I've never had somebody actually over-consume vegetables. In fact, most people are grossly under-eating vegetables and you could easily handle six servings of vegetables every day. And that's that's why I said there's there's a there's a relationship with food here that and I'm given just, you're healthy, I should just, say. I'm right? just reading her question and the way she's a- asking it tells me intuitive guide, man. Yep. This I, is our intuitive this I, is why we wrote the intuitive I highly guide recommend right here. you get the intuitive nutrition guide because it'll help you. But like two things feeling full and then over-consuming vegetables 
she's seeking out the feeling of being stuffed. That's right. why she's over-consuming vegetables because she's like, okay, this is healthy, but I'm not full or stuffed yet, so I'm going to keep eating until I get that feeling. Mm. Um, yeah, don't seek out that feeling. It's not something you want. But again, when you eat whole natural foods, um, you're less likely to overeat just because you'll hit palate fatigue a lot sooner. Chris Kresser talked about that's what uh, That's what Justin was alluding to. Chris Kresser says, hey, eat a plain baked potato with no salt, no butter, nothing on it. Do nothing but to eat that for a See few days. See how long you can eat it. And you won't be able to eat very many calories. <laughs> Even though you need more calories, you won't because you're of that palate fatigue. Right, right. Yeah, there is a good, I mean, there is something that could be positive. I know we just kind of ragged on her quite a bit, but, you know, there she could be doing a lot of things the right way too and her, her metabolism's kicking up. So that's another reason why you you tend to feel hungry. But I think that's one of the reasons why we are, are both, or all of us are all advocates of, of uh, fasting too because this teaches you to have this relationship of what what does really hungry feel yeah. like a lot of people they, they it's a psychological thing and we've trained ourselves that we need food we need food we need food all the time it's like well what have you actually tried to go without for a while you learn how to suppress that immediate urge that like it's like you'll make like whatever decision just to cram something in right you know you can control that you know it's funny too it's also state of mind um totally like you know, I'll have clients who'll be, you know, telling me like, oh, you know, I went to the movies and my friend had popcorn and, you know, I didn't want to eat popcorn because it's got butter and I'm not supposed to eat dairy or whatever. And, but it's like so hard to resist. I just want to eat it, but I know I can't. And I'll tell them like, switch your words around. It's not that you can't, you don't want to, you're choosing yeah. not to. All right. Because if you feel like you can't, like you're being forced, I promise yeah. you at some point you're going to, nobody likes to be forced to do anything. All right. Remind yourself. That I don't, I choose not to. I don't yeah. want that this popcorn. This time you choose not to. Yeah, it's I'm like choosing just this one time. Right, I'm choosing not to. I don't want it, and that's why I'm not eating it. And it's way more empowering. Yeah. Next question is from Swole Nick. Can you talk about being in a relationship where one person has found a new healthy lifestyle, and the other, who you obviously don't want to pressure into doing what you do? is just not there or maybe really doesn't understand the journey that you're on. Dude, this is a hard one. <laughs> sounds, like you're, sounds like you're growing. I think it's like the third time we're and, addressing this And problem. they're not. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you're growing this is a and com- changing. This is a very common I mean, in this think, world. Of, think of all yeah. the clients that you guys have trained. I don't know how many times I got a tough on the man, or a, man or a woman walk in, you know, that's in their 30s, 40s, 50 years old, and you know something happened to them heart attack stroke you know doctor told them they got high blood pressure whatever knee surgery and they're they're, they're, they're here now they yeah. they now are they're now saying okay i'm going to make time for myself hire my personal trainer meanwhile they have the spouse back at home who doesn't give two shits because nothing dramatic has happened to them. And how do they fucking deal with this? It's a monster, man. You know, when you have, they've done studies on this, when you have couples where one of them loses. Yeah, the divorce like, rate's it, really high. It goes through the roof, yeah. yeah. It spikes because you've changed. Yeah. yeah. You've grown or you've changed or. Your interests, everything. That's or, a hard pill to swallow for somebody right now too if you're, if you're d- d- dating someone. But I can tell you right now. I grew out of many relationships that I dated. You know, mm-hmm. I just, we were different. And it's not necessarily you're growing in the right and they're wrong. It's that no. there's different things that that become a priority for them. And you are at a point in your life where taking care of yourself and health and longevity and these things have become a priority. And it may not be for this other person. And you're right. You can't force them to that. No, and, and it can be threatening to them. I mean, if I, if I picture this, if I'm with if me and my wife or girlfriend or whoever I'm with, Let's say we're both overweight or unhealthy, right? We don't eat right. We don't exercise. We're, we're together. We're happy. 
And now all of a sudden my significant other has found this new interest. That's threatening all of a sudden. Like, what are you doing without me? Like, it's this new thing. Okay. Especially if we have a codependent relationship. And then all of a sudden they're losing weight. They're more attractive. They have more more energy, getting more attention. That can be very threatening to me because I may perceive their value as increasing, whereas my value I perceive as staying the same. And again, they've done relationship studies where they'll find people are, they t- we tend to be attracted to or date people who we view as having the same social value as us. So you'll find good looking people be with good looking people or, or they have something that you value much more like money or whatever. And if that balance is thrown off, if you're not a self-confident individual, if you're not uh, secure with yourself, um, it can, it can be very, very threatening. I mean, it's very threatening because there's a part of this person that has to be fearful of losing this relationship if they continue to press that. Dude. And the advice that I always gave to this client is like, listen, if this this is the one for you, the person that's supposed to spend the rest of their life with you, they'll respect, they'll love, it. and, they'll, and they'll, they'll eventually get on board. So continue to bury yourself in that direction of continuing to pursue your personal growth, health journey, and hopefully that, that will eventually inspire them to get their act together or... It could also get you, it'll get you to your point faster of finding out that this wasn't the relationship that you're supposed ship to be in Ship up forever. or ship out. That's right. And try not to resent them for not no, doing exactly. what you're doing. No, just, just do we're your different, thing. different do, people. Do you. Yeah, yeah do your it. thing, enjoy yourself. I mean- But it's so important though. You have, like if, if you are somebody who is, I, I don't know, I don't personally know any relationships that have been very successful where one person is very health, health-minded, cares about all that, and the other person absolutely is not because I rely heavily, even being that this is my profession, my livelihood, and I love it, I still heavily rely on Katrina's good decision-making and her to balance me out. There's times where I just want to say, fuck it, I just want to eat shit today, I don't want to get exercise, I want to do anything, and when I see her you know, I don't really feel like that. I want to go eat this because I feel like we missed yesterday and we had this going on with our life and we just had this dinner. So I'm just like, I I need that. I need that extra push to keep me because that mm-hmm. it, it it matters a lot to me. So if you're somebody like that, more than likely you will- It can be tough, man. Relationships, relationships are tough, especially if the other person, you know, does things that'll challenge you, change themselves. I mean- uh, you know, being in fitness for as long as uh, I've been, I, I'm, I know I'm, I'd be a difficult person to date, hundred percent. I'm. I worked in gyms most of my life, or with clients. Personal trainers aren't easy to. It, it, this can be challenging for you to date a personal trainer, let alone because right you're working with other women, the opposite sex. The job we do is I could be challenging if you're not with someone that's secure, right? Because we're in fitness, we're going to be introduced to people in the fitness space and all these different things. So relationships present their challenges uh, in many different ways and, you know, be okay with it. Uh, Let that person know, you know, you love them. Let them know it has nothing. You're not moving away from them. You're just doing your own thing. Don't pressure them or feel resentful because that'll do the opposite. I've been in that situation before where you, you try to force the person to work out or you tell them you want them to do something and that person, because they feel forced or because they feel like, you're coming down on them. They resent you. That'll actually make them not. Yeah, they'll resent you too. And if they do yeah. do it, they'll resent you. Yeah. Anyway, so it can be challenging. But I've I've had clients, and I had one client who uh, this it was a it was a man I trained, who him and his wife had been married for a long time, something like ten years, and he lost eighty pounds. And he came when he first came to see me, he was shy, a little bit of an introvert, not you know super outgoing, obviously self conscious. And over the course of the years of training him, he lost his weight. He 
all of a sudden became much more outgoing, started doing more things, being more active. Meanwhile, his wife stayed overweight. She continued to not to be the same person. And it was very challenging because she felt threatened by what he's doing. And I mean, he used to communicate this to me like, man, you know, she, she gets upset when I want to go on a hike because she can't keep up with me. And he's like, I just want to go move because it feels so good. I have, I've never been fit. I've never been able to do this before. It's very, very challenging. And then he started resenting her for not trying to keep up with him type right. of deal. Anyway, they ended up getting a divorce. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I've seen that this happen This is why all these relationships, they need a three-year late lease with an option to buy. <laughs> gonna put, I'm going to put that back out there in the universe again, man. We need three-year leases with an option to buy in all relationships. That's yeah. a, that's brilliant. Yeah. But, I mean, and one of the best things you could do in a relationship is grow together or just be confident in, right. in each other enough yeah. and secure with each other enough to where when that person grows, you celebrate it rather than feel threatened by it. Yeah, I think I think continuing to focus on yourself and not worrying about the other partner and, right. and what their health goals are is the path to go until it gets to a point where it is completely hindering you, until it's stopping you. If he's not, if he or she is not keeping you from going to the gym, keeping you from eating f- healthy food so that they're just not on, on the same page as you are, then fuck it. Just keep doing your thing. Keep doing yeah. your thing. Keep bettering you. Hopefully one day that'll inspire them or one day they'll be forced to actually have to do that as long as they're not stopping or holding you. It, but what may happen, like Sal is saying, and that's where it is time to realize that maybe it is time mm-hmm. to ship out of this relationship because- They'll try and sabotage Yeah, they start, exactly. Have you guys seen that before? Oh, 100%. Oh, I have clients that will tell me the, the partner would, would bring home fast food. Like mm-hmm. knowing that they're on there, they or just, just skip a day. Skip a day at the gym. Yeah. Don't oh, go yeah. to the gym. Oh, yeah. That's all you ever- Yeah, no, absolutely. And so when that starts to happen, if that's happening in your relationship and you truly care about your- Oh, man, it's time to get the fuck out. Don't want it's time to bounce. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, check this out. Go to YouTube, Mind Pump TV. We just posted some awesome new videos. uh, And make sure to subscribe. Subscribe to the channel because it's awesome. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.